Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, a podcast from the Orange Students team. Our mission is to help you, the youth leader, influence the next generation. And we do that through this podcast, other resources, and our weekly curriculum, XP3. If you'd like to learn more, check out orangestudents.com. But for now, let's get started with this week's episode. What's up, everybody? Thanks for hanging out with us today. If you are listening slash watching this episode uh, anytime soon after it gets released, then you know exactly what we're talking about. And you know and you have felt what it's like to live through the past few months and try to figure out uh, what in the world to do in the midst of this. And so we just wanted to have some really specific conversations about now that we're kind of at the tail end maybe of some of the sheltering in places and some churches are trying to figure out what transitioning back to programming and reentry looks like. Uh, we wanted to start having some conversations about just some of the realities and the struggles and the tensions when it comes to all of these different conversations. So my name is Brett, and I'm so excited that you're joining us for this conversation today. And I'm really happy to have a few of my good friends joining me today from their own shelters and places. We have my friend Candace. Hey. And we've got Charlie. Hey, friends. And we have the one and only Thomas mm. Chef Shunas, Chef. Mm. Hey, everybody. <laughs> How's it going, Chef? It's going all right. A little stir crazy, but it's going okay. Yeah. How are how are you all doing? So, Candace, you said day seventy. Is that an accurate number? I don't know. A friend of mine posts <laughs> daily updates every day, and I saw her her Insta post uh, Insta story today, and it said seventy. I'm just going by what she posts. Wow. So it could be. I don't know. <laughs> so it's been. I mean, literally since the last time that we've been in a room together. Um, I, I mean, it has been months. Conference has happened, yeah. all sorts of different things. People have finished e-schools and all sorts of different things have happened since we've actually all been in the same room together, uh, which is wild and sad uh, and all sorts of all sorts of things. Uh, well, today on this episode, we are going to be talking about this idea of leading and training volunteers to re-engage after a crisis. Um, so crisis can be a lot of different things. Really, you know, what we're talking about today could fit into a lot of different scenarios, but obviously we're talking a lot in, you know, in detail about what we've been through the last few months and potentially what the next few months could look like. Cause I'm, I'm not sure what the next few months are going to look like. And I'm assuming everybody else is kind of up in the air with that too. But before we jump into the conversation, I do want to be clear that, uh, what we're not saying is that leaders haven't and shouldn't have been already engaging in your ministry or or with your students in the midst of the past few months. But as we start talking about phases and reentry and transitioning back into some programming, there are absolutely some unique ways that we're probably looking at in our ministries in order to get our volunteers reengaged kind of for this new season of ministry. So that's going to be the focus of our conversation and what we're talking about today. But the first thing I would love to pick your brains on and get your thoughts is what you feel like some of the biggest challenges uh, or tensions have been when it comes to volunteers during mm -hmm. this season of ministry and just this season of life in general. Um, so I would say probably one of the biggest challenges is just volunteers being clear about what, it is, what their expectations are right now. Um, mm -hmm. And because, you know, some leaders might have laid it out for what it looks like in real life to be engaged. And not that this isn't real life, but just like the normal, yeah, normal person, ministry yeah. life. Yeah, in person, that's much better. Um, 
uh, in person, but I don't know that leaders have ever thought through what is our pandemic plan, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Um, I know I never thought through what is my pandemic plan when I was serving as a youth leader. Yeah. So um, that's probably been a big challenge is just trying to for volunteers to just be clear on what's expected of them in the season. In the season. That's good. I think just not being together regularly is one of the biggest challenges. I mean, we, we, you, don't, you realize how much work gets done just inside conversations and saying hello mm. and checking in with people and the little bits of vision you can cast by celebrating something that happened or remembering a birthday or I saw that Instagram post. I mean, all of those are deposits into your culture, you know, mm. and now and those just happen because we cross paths, you know, mm. and now to cross paths, we've got to set up a time. We've got to know how to run Zoom, you know, we've got to know how to send an invite, which I've learned, um, you know, over the past 70 days or whatever it is. So it's just, you know, you become aware of just how much happens just simply by being together. Mm. That's good. Yeah. What do you think, Charlie? What are some of the challenges, tensions when it comes to how we've handled volunteers in the midst of this? I don't know that we equipped volunteers to lead as relationally as they need to be leading right now. Hmm. Um, and I think this time away from each other, like Chef was saying, just in casual conversations, it has really exposed a lot of holes in how we've trained leaders. Yeah. Um, my co-leader, uh, my small group co-leader, she's crumbled, right? She hmm. has crumbled in the midst of this because I think it is the, the conversations and the passing. It's not sitting across from a student. And she has literally just called me like, okay, just tell me what I need to do. Tell me what I need to do. Yeah. Instead of just innately knowing how to love someone that they're not seeing every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, digital fatigue and just the mm-hmm. the lack of motivation that comes from seeing your, your students and your few and your group um, just drop in engagement I mean, I know that's been true. I've been hearing that from student pastors all over the place. That's true of my group too, where, you know, I had most of my group on the first couple of, you know, Zoom small group meetings. uh, And now, you know, there's, you know, just a few of them are are showing up. And so, you know, their engagement in, you know, what we might consider the digital programming has gone down. And sometimes that, that takes a toll on our motivation and the energy that we have to put, you know, to, to put into that. I think there's a, there's a real piece of that I know that I've even felt as a volunteer. And I think also with that, when you're connecting with them, if you're doing some sort of, you know, Zoom or, or you know, um, video conversation, if you're connecting with them and you only see their ceiling or their top of their forehead, right? And it makes you <laughs> Do a it, leader. Right. right. There you this, go, is, this is all my boys. This is all <laughs> yeah. my boys, pretty much every group. Yeah. And if you only see that part of them, then you're thinking, well, is this what you've been feeling the whole, you automatically assume that this is what they're feeling about being there. And it's like, okay, is this what you've been feeling the entire time? You know, and it's kind of like, okay, I thought maybe we were getting somewhere. Maybe not. I don't really know how to take your connection to our group. It's the it's the equivalent of like if you're in in couches or chairs, all of them are just hiding behind the chair and just barely peeking over during normal group time. It's like, how is that going to be beneficial to group time? But that's what digital Zoom looks like right now. Exactly. (laughs) Totally. All right. So with with those challenges and tensions in mind, what do you think are some things that we probably should have been doing, uh, you know, since this started? But maybe if we haven't been doing, we should probably 
start doing. So when it comes to, you know, taking care of our volunteers, all of those kind of pieces, creating, continuing that healthy volunteer culture, like Chef is talking about, that sometimes just happens naturally in the gatherings that we have, what should we have been doing that maybe if we haven't, it's not too late to start, we should probably start doing it. I think when you care for leaders, they in return become caring leaders. Hmm. And it... And I work a lot with small churches and coach a lot of small church leaders. And I know budget, budget's a big thing right now, right? But it doesn't take a lot to bake a pan of brownies and drive it to somebody's front porch. It's just little things, even just a phone call just to say, how are you? And not talk about anything related to the ministry, right? Yeah. Those have been some treasured phone calls um, from my leader just to check in to see how I'm doing. And so there's some really great ways that you can care for your leaders so they in return can be caring leaders. Yeah, that's good. You know, I think, you know, similar to that, Charlie, you know, when I used to run transit and we had groups directors who this was their job to reach out and, you know, really pastor our leaders they had coffees and lunches that they would routinely be doing. And I feel like one of the things that maybe we've let up on is still trying to reach out to them, even though it can't be in person, just because we can't have coffee or lunch doesn't mean I can't connect with you. Doesn't mean I can't ask you how you're doing and pastor you. And I think one of the dangers we fall into is we're all thinking about what's next so much and how we're going to re-engage the kids Mm -hmm. that we might have forgotten to engage our leaders and Mm -hmm. pastor them as well. You know, mm. that's good. You know, I think Charlie and Chef pretty much hit nail on the head with those things. I think if, if leaders have not already been doing those things, then I say today, put on your to do list, do them. Um, yeah. Don't put it off until tomorrow or next week because you're doing nothing but prolonging it and carrying out more time and allowing more time to pass before you actually reach out to them. And just like Charlie said, not ask them to do anything. Just say, how are you doing? You know? Um, And I do think those go very, very, very good. They they go very far when it comes to people just knowing that you care about them and not necessarily just with the role that they play and, and how they can be impactful and helpful in the ministry. Yeah, I'm with you, Candace. And I, I think that the, the, you know, the text messages matter, the phone calls matter, like we need to be doing those things. But Charlie, kind of like you talked about with the, the, the brownies, those tangible things that we do make a real difference too. So uh, we're doing these things on our Orange Students Facebook group where we kind of do these team lunch webinars every now and then. We'd love you to join one sometime. And uh, the one that we had yesterday uh, with Heather from California and Jeremy in South Carolina, they were sharing about some of those really practical things that they're doing, talking about putting yard signs uh, in their leaders' yards and dropping off baskets at their houses. Like I think those tangible things really make a difference too, along with kind of the other things we're talking about with phone calls and checking in and making sure that every time we reach out to them, it's not just ministry related, that we're actually just trying to connect with them. Um, And I think reminding our small group leaders what they're doing, it does matter, is really important too. Um, I know I need that reminder on a regular basis, uh, working with middle school boys and feeling like everything I do doesn't matter, is a waste of time and is pointless. And so sometimes I need my buddy Kevin to call me and remind me and say, hey, I know it probably doesn't feel like it right now, but what you're doing matters. Showing up on Zoom, even though they all don't show up matters. The phone calls that they might not return, the text messages that they might not give you more than a one word response to, you know, those those matter. And sometimes as a volunteer, we just need to be 
reminded of those things yes. because it doesn't always feel like what we're right. doing matters, <laughs> even though we might know in our heads it does. Just that reminder. Well, that's the, the balance in leading is like, man, this is, I mean, if you think about the phase approach and what middle schoolers need and that they need affirmed and that, you know, and they're, they're lonely right now and they're isolated, it's so important. But at the same time, you can't just talk about the emergency without caring for the, yeah. you know, the leader in the middle of it. And that's the, that's the balance. Yep. So Candace, you were going to say something? Yeah. And sometimes leaders just, you know, like I said before, they just don't know what it is they probably should be doing. Not everybody is. They might have, you know, a heart of, you know, service and they might love students, but they just might not be creative in the way to yeah. think of different ways to, to, to connect with students. You know, maybe they don't feel comfortable leaving their house at all to really drop off something or to do something. Um, but there are other ways that they can connect with their students. <clears throat> Um, maybe even yeah. just giving them a list of different things that, yeah, I love that, that. that different ways that they can connect with that's students, um, creative ways that they can just look at this list, read a, something that's very, very easy and then just do it. You know, um, I think we at Orange do an amazing job of this through weekly having the different um, touch points that small group leaders can use throughout different seasons. But I think it'll be great for leaders to create something, ways for them to just very, very simple, you know, yeah. that may not even cost anything ways that they can connect with their students during this season. Yeah. If, yeah. if you're not familiar with weekly, you can go to goweekly.com. Mm -hmm. You can check that out. There's awesome resources there for your leaders and your parents. Chef, what are you going to say? Yeah. Oh, Charlie, well, go ahead. I, oh, Charlie was up. I'm so sorry. You are I noticed several weeks in, like three weeks into quarantine, uh, my church kept giving me a lot of content, right? And then they stopped with you know, serving me content and started giving me ways to be connectional. Mm. And I even got postcards from my church with a stamp on them and addresses for my small group girls so that I could connect with them. And so I think there had to be a shift, um, you know, in the mind of the youth worker, it's, we got a kind of content's not reaching them, but connection will. And so I think just kind of shifting in the way that we were taught to reach students. I, I just want to stop and, and, celebrate the fact that you created the word connectional right yeah, now. Yeah, that was good. Which <laughs> uh, I, lo I love. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that is a word and I have no idea, but it just, it just sounds I so great. I've heard of it. The relational connection, it's connectional. Thank you. It's so good. Like it. But yeah, I know that so many of us have had <laughs> these conversations where um, what we say matters, the content matters, you know, what we, what we do from the stage or what we do on the YouTube link or what we do on Instagram, like those things matter, but they matter way more when there's a relationship, when we are For being sure. connectional. And I think that, I think that in this season, it's, you know, what maybe is like this normally has just done this in mm -hmm. this season is that yes, mm -hmm. what we say still matters and it matters more when we're co connectional with students, but just building those relationships and leaning into yep. those relationships just matter so much more right now. And the more that we can, um, you know, create templates and just spell it out and make it so yeah. easy for our volunteers to know, hey, text your students once a week, call them every other week, send a postcard once a month, like making it as, you know, as simple as possible to follow a plan, you know, sets them up for success, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's huge. I think, you know, we've been pushing the relational side of ministry for a really long time um, to a to a group that loves to get on stage and speak and, you know, do those sorts of things. And so I feel like this is 
magnified and, you know, I kind of feel like a, there's a little bit of an, I told you so moment, which is fun. <laughs> you know, it's fun in some, in some respects, it's sad in others. Chef's, it's chef's just made so many phone calls. That's oh, just, I told I know, you so like, and he hey, hangs up. Hey, and that partner with parents thing, don't you really wish you would have tried that too? I mean, that's kind of, kind of where we are. I mean, cause that is so magnified, but really back to the complicated part. And I love the fact that you were talking about given, given leaders ideas, different ideas at different ways of being connectional. Let's go ahead and just keep using that word, whether it's real or not, because I think it's great. But I know here in our state, it's open, but people aren't necessarily operating that way. And it depends on really where they are. There's some people who are going to restaurants and movie theaters, though it's very few of them. But there's a lot of people who are still very uncomfortable getting out and running around. And and so we have to be super cautious as we start to re-engage. Just because it's the state is open doesn't mean that your 60-year-old small group leader or, you know, yeah. or your small group leader who has a, you know, their parents, you know, elderly parents staying mm-hmm. in their home is comfortable with some of that stuff. So, yeah. you know, it's it's going to be a complicated transition back in. And so I love that idea of, hey, you know, here's a way to connect over the phone. You know, it's better than nothing. Here's a way to connect. I love the stamped postcards thing, Charlie. That used to be one of my tricks because when you hand a leader a postcard and say you should email the kid or you should email the kids, that would be a waste of money. You should, (laughs) you know, write to the kids. Um, It happens sometimes. But when you put a stamp on it and you've invested in it a little bit, the leader starts to feel like, yeah, I, I should probably do that. And just getting mail is so much fun, you know, Yeah. yeah. Um, for a kid, because they never get mail unless it's an advertisement right. or something now. Yeah. Right. Or they're in 10th grade and just took the SAT and all you get are college things. I've learned that. We are, <laughs> we are covered up every day with all these different college things. But, um, that, but that's the first mail he's really gotten, you know. That's, mm. Yeah. I, I did look up connectional real quick. Um, and I think that it, it really is a word. So I'm so excited oh, now. Oh, sweet. Let's um, keep using it. Yeah. Uh, We're kind of saying the same thing, but yeah, the more they're connected to me as their small group leader, um, I I feel like that is that that's what's going to bring them back and keep them connected. The YouTube links matter, the, you know, the Instagram stuff, it, it matters what we're doing there, but that can't be what we're putting, you know, the basket we're putting all of our eggs in. I was talking with a leader just yesterday who in August just kicked off their youth ministry um, again after having been on a hiatus for three years, not having any kind of leadership for three years. And she stepped in and she's and her husband have taken over. They just kicked off in August. And so, you know, they're still in just infancy stages of ministry. Right. When the students are developing their bonds beginning to trust small group leaders and all of that. And she says that right before, um, you know, quarantine hit that relationships were just starting to develop, you know, and that mm-hmm. community was just being beginning to develop. And, you know, how you engage during COVID is critical to whether that plummets or whether that sustains and continues to climb and whether and how teenagers or students see you as being a support system for them when they are going through crisis. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, however leaders might or might not have been engaged, this is a great opportunity to to get reengaged because um, like like Brett said, you know, when they start becoming back face to face, you know, how they engage with you can be very different because, it's been so long since they have been face to face with someone. Yeah. 
Candace, it's what you're saying. Before all this happened, um, my kids were so involved in sports and I really got to love on a couple at a time because they all weren't showing up. But I think the investment that I have been so purposeful in making in them over this time, you know, just sending the milkshakes or the Starbucks gift card via text message at the end of their finals. I guarantee you, I will have better attendance when this is over because yep. of the way I've loved them. Hmm. Yep. That's yep. great. And I should something go happen in their lives? Sorry, Chef, but should something yeah. happen in their lives? You know, when, when should mm-hmm. they, you know, continue to journey through life and something major happens, they'll yep. realize they can trust you yep. because you've been there with, with them through so much already. I, I just love that we're talking about opportunities because though this is really a tough time, there are so many opportunities mm-hmm. to, you know, just because their perspectives have changed, you know, I think, you know, any, any, any attempt to reach out and connect with a kid is appreciated, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's such a big deal. I also think from a ministry strategy standpoint, it's a huge opportunity because, you know, our, our pastor is doing a series right now, Better For It, he calls it. But I mean, the question is, wouldn't it be a shame? Wouldn't it be a shame when all this goes back to normal that we didn't change or didn't take something new into the future? Mm-hmm. So what is that yeah. about your ministry? What is it that, you know, what is it that's not working because you didn't, which is a question we've already asked. But what are some of the things that surprised you that did work that just need to be carried forward into, yeah. you know, into the future. And it's such an opportunity and so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. One of the interesting things about this to me has been that, you know, for some people, this has absolutely felt like crisis. You know, we've, we've lost jobs and lost loved ones maybe. And so much of the rhythm of our life has just been thrown upside down and not a good way. Um, and I've had conversations with people who are on the other end of that, who this hasn't necessarily been a crisis for them. Um, they're still secure in their, you know, finances and their job. They're not worried about that. They've loved all the extra time that they've had either to themselves or maybe with their family. And they've been able to dive into some hobbies or get some much needed rest. People are just all over the place with, with what this has been for them. And so what does it look like knowing that we've got volunteers that are probably on both sides of that? What does it look like for us to raise the bar for our volunteers that maybe haven't been so engaged and we're encouraging them to get more engaged um, over the next couple months while still being sensitive and understanding to the situation that that they might be in right now? Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't and I don't I don't. And I think that the, the way that I would approach that would be very different based on the person. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily across the ministry raise a bar right now of expectations mm. for mm. for leaders, um, because like you said, everyone is in different places and it isn't like everyone in the world experienced the, the pandemic has been experiencing a pandemic except small group leaders. Um, you know, it, it's it's because everyone is in so many different places. I would honestly do a pulse check, you know, just check in with the small group leaders mm-hmm. and depending upon your ministry size, maybe you, a youth leader has the ability to do that yourself, or maybe you need to reach out to your coaches to have to do that. If your ministry is a bit bigger or whoever the, you know, the people are um, who oversee your, your small group leaders, but there needs to be some sort of pulse check um, in, in, in sharing with them, Hey, this is what we're looking to do moving forward and assessing how comfortable they are with that. 
because some yeah. leaders won't want to show back up right now face to face, even though many churches yeah. are starting to meet face to face. Some some leaders will not feel comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. Some are like, I'm going to be there with no mask and no glove. gloves, you know, um, <laughs> but some are like, hey, let's just stay on this. You know, we're going to be right here, <laughs> you know. Um, so I would just do a pulse check and see where they are and respect that. You know, yeah. respect that. And if they want to be continue to be engaged, but just aren't comfortable showing up, figuring out different ways for them to be involved yeah. Um, yeah. through that. But whatever it is you're doing, just be clear, you know, on, on yeah. what, what what it is that the expectations are, what it is that the plan is and how they can continue to serve um, during this time. Because someone might really, really want to continue to serve. But it's just like, I, I don't feel like it's safe for me to be around people yeah. right now. Or emotionally, they can be a wreck. You know, they could have, like you said, have, have had all kinds of things happening and they mm. just need the church to be there for them, to pastor them and not necessarily yeah. pushing them into service. Well, and that so much of that goes back to the conversation we had earlier about just yeah. pastoring our, our, our leaders first. And how many mm. phone calls have we made to our leaders and just to say, how's it going? Like, in what in what ways has this been a positive right. thing for you? And what ways has this been a negative thing for you? Um, you know, what I really appreciate about my student pastor, Kevin, is he'll, he'll text me sometimes and just say, Hey, how can, how can I be praying for you this week in the midst of all this? Yeah, that's cool. Um, and those, like those matter to me and I'm able to kind of, you know, let him know what's going on in in my life. And we've got to make sure that we're, that we're doing that. Like you're saying, Candace, and we know where people are individually. So we know if they're actually ready for certain things that we might be asking them to do. You know, one of the things that, um, I got an email from my church. I really appreciated. And as we were starting to figure out how to go back to church and they kind of set, they set a date for us all the way to all the way back, you know, into the fall um, because they made the decision. We're not going to do church until we can do children's and students as well. Mm -hmm. And children's and students, you know, we're very close quarters and small group based. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough one. But what they said was, you know, here's kind of our plans. And then they asked the question, you know, what is it going to take for you to feel safe coming back, which I thought was a great way to do that. So maybe to do that to your leaders to say, hey, as we move towards making plans, you know, here's some general questions with some open opportunities to give us some feedback is how are you feeling about coming back, you know, on a scale from one to 10, what would it take from us for you to do it? And, you know, some of the answers might be, there's nothing you can do. I'm not coming back till there's a vaccine, you know, but it, it, one, you've, you've said you care because you've asked them and now you also know kind of where they are because you might be surprised at how gung-ho they are to come back you know who knows Mm -hmm. but and i think in in those surveys one because i I did one of those surveys for for um my my son's school and they were planning for next school year and a lot of times in surveys you kind of shy away from the not sure answer not sure response right and they had, you know, uh, you know, should school open, you know, in the fall, you know, how comfortable would you feel sending your, your child back or would you send your child back or something like that? And there was the yes, no, and not sure. And I was like, not sure, you know, right. and, and, and that's not really too helpful, but, <laughs> but it really, it, it, it's, it's the truth because there's so many things right, right now there. Yeah. Um, just, we're just not sure. About so many it. variables. I mean, there could be a new story tomorrow yeah. that changes all of it, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's it's also because we're nines, Candace. And so we're just. I thought we're, you were six. Uh, yeah, I think I'm both. You're a nine when it's convenient. I've got a, I've got a lot of. I, I do a lot of the not sure because I'm never sure about anything. 
That's funny. Um, okay, so let let's transition a little bit and talk about you know about training. We we talked a little bit about how so often we train our volunteers to to be leaders in a certain setting, but maybe not in the current situation that we're in. Uh, I know some student ministries that they do a little training session every single week before youth ministry, or once a month, or once a quarter, or you know we usually have some sort of rhythm when it comes to how we equip and how we train our leaders. Um, and all of that just looks different right now. What do you think training and equipping our leaders should look like in the midst of all of this season that we're in right now and transition conversations and everything else? I was talking to a youth worker who was so pumped because he was able to read several books during this time. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to buy a copy of a book and send it to all their leaders. And they were going to do this big training. And I was like, gum, that's a waste of money because I, I just don't know. <laughs> I just don't know that I would read a book right now as a small group leader. Cause I'm already feeling like a lot of tension with my job and stress, you know, all the things. Right. And I was like, why don't you just take the time to create a training, right. Or snippet trainings based on the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and also think about when you want to train your leaders right now, because, um, my church was trying to do a Bible study at six o'clock for adults at zoom on the zoom call. Right. And I'm like, six o'clock, I'm in the middle of dinner. I still have dishes. Like I have all the things happening. Right. So why don't we work with the pattern of life that our volunteers are in? There's no reason you can't do an 8:30 PM zoom call right now and train your leaders. Um, but I definitely think you have like, as, as a youth worker, you have time to put together some quality training on some pieces you feel like you might've missed. Right. Um, so do that right now, put it together. Just, I just think buying a book for every leader in your church might be a mistake right now. Unless it's the Bible. Unless it's the Bible. <laughs> yes, ma'am. That's good. Just got Jesus juked. Thanks. Candace. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great idea. And I think you could offer it more than once, you know, mm-hmm. to your point, Charlie, like if you did a small training, you know, three or four times gives you a small group to, talk to about it. The Q&A stuff is great. I mean, one of our biggest challenges when with training leaders was getting them physically there. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they wouldn't show up or, you know. Yep. And now this it's easier to click on a link than it is to drive mm-hmm. to the church. So, yep. I think there's again to that opportunity thing, there's some great opportunities in recruiting. I mean, I've been so stressed I'm not even doing it right now, but I was like as a church leader, like these last 70 days are our prime recruiting time because normally in my ministry, we would be we would start groups um, uh, in a couple of weeks. This you know uh, because we changed at the beginning of summer, so we could take our kids kind of through the summer and then take them to camp right away in the fall, so that those relationships got really strong. So I've been stressed thinking, what would you do to recruit? And then I thought, you know what, this may be an even better opportunity to get you know some people on the phone or talk to, you know, maybe the lead pastor on the messaging. I don't know. I'm just, I mean, it's, it's a, such a drastic time. It's a great opportunity to make big asks. So to say, Hey, what if we, what if we devoted a Sunday to recruiting for our Mm -hmm. children and students during this time, volunteers that are going to connect with them? Um, I think, I think, you know, we might be able to get a few, some people are thinking right now, there's no chance, but I mean, (laughs) I, I could see it happening in my last context for sure, you know. Well, and, 
And chef, on your point, what if you weren't a church who had small groups, right? Right. And right. this would be a great time to start developing that oh, because this has so really shined the light on if you didn't have small groups and you, the youth You're, worker, have yeah. been trying to reach 35 kids. Um, yep. So this would be a great time to even start, you know, solidifying the role of a small group leader in your context yeah. and then recruiting yeah. them. And uh, that, that first sentence, you can get away with murder when you say... You know, in light of these unprecedented mm. times, we have yep. <laughs> made the decision to make a change, you know, or we have not, we have no choice but to make a change and make it, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. it, again, a great, it's a great time. It's also a good time to stop doing some things you probably should have stopped a long time ago. Ooh, yes. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and some language that I know that I've, that I've talked about with a lot of different leaders is that idea of relational discipleship. Um, you know, I don't think that there's any more form of, you know, ministry that is more effective than relational discipleship period. That's why we talk so much about partnering with parents and, you know, small groups and all of these different pieces. And if, and if you're in a setting that has leaned more toward event and program heavy, this is such a great season, like you're saying, chef, to really start shifting the culture and start having those conversations and saying, Hey, we're, we're recognizing that in the world that we live in right now. You know, yeah. yes, you know, programs and events, those can, th- those have their place and those can still work, but we have got to start leaning more heavily into this idea of relational discipleship right. mm-hmm. so that we can, even in the midst of, you know, not being able to meet. And if, when people don't show up, which by the way, right. half your committed students weren't showing up before this happened every single week anyway. And so yeah. what were we doing before <laughs> right. all of this hit to make sure that we were actually reaching yeah. our students on a regular basis in the first place? You know, I would, yeah. you know, I've said that it's not discipleship unless it's relational discipleship. It's just, mm. it's a just content if it's not yeah. relational, you know what I mean? And when you reduce discipleship down to things you need to know, um, you have lost the essence and the core of what a discipleship really is. I mean, it's yeah. information and relationship and life and development going on kind of interwoven. And with kids and students, it's parents as well and, and reaching all of that. And so it is such a relational thing. And if, you know, one of the diseases of youth ministry has been the shift towards discipleship is content. Discipleship yes. can be delivered through a microphone. And though the microphone can be a very powerful tool to help discipleship happen, make no mistake about it, information comes through a microphone. Discipleship happens eyeball to eyeball, you know? Yep. So... All right. So let's get a little practical. Um, I know that there are some leaders I'm already having conversations with where they're talking about, yeah, we're going to, we do have a, our first gathering is next week, or, you know, the church is starting to open at 40% capacity. There's all of these different things. So whether your first Sunday or first Wednesday or first gathering is in a couple weeks or it's in a couple months, it's going to happen at some point. So what do you guys think are some really practical ways that we can be preparing our volunteers for whenever that first gathering is and whatever it looks like. We don't know what, I mean, some students might've been connecting, you know, via Zoom um, or whatever way you're connecting with students, but there's some who have not, you know, and we just don't know the state that students will be will be in when they come back, you know? Um, so it might be helpful to train or equip small group leaders with different possible scenarios. Now, I know youth leaders are not psychologists, you know, um, you're not, you know, personality specialists or anything like that. But just thinking through in, through any crisis is just thinking through what are the potential, you know, 
mental states that people could be in when they come back and preparing for that. Some students, parents might push them to come to, to show up face to face and they might not be comfortable or they might be comfortable sh comfortable showing up in a student who's ordinarily, you know, normally runs up to you and gives you a hug is pretty standoffish, you know, um, even down to the type of um, way that the small group leaders engage with students, you know, laying out, you know, what are our what are our expectations when it comes to um, physical connection. Are you able to give a student a high five, an elbow bump, a hug, you know, just laying those things out so that they're clear on how they can physically be in conversation with students, but also being prepared to for the different places that students might be mentally um, yeah. and, and equipping them with the resources, either conversation guides or um, just having plans in place for, hey, if a, if a student, you think a student might need extra care, let the youth leader know so that the youth leader can follow up with parents or, um, hey, feel free to reach out to parents and talk to them about these things, but maybe not these things or whatever the case might be, just have those things laid out. But I can't just help but to think about just the mental state that pe yeah. people are in when they all come back after a crisis. Well, and I think it's so important, like you said, to recognize we're not mental health professionals. So that could be a great opportunity for training right there. Invite a mental health professional into a conversation, into a Zoom call with your leaders to process, hey, what are the, the spectrum of emotions that students might be feeling when they come, you know, start meeting again, and how do we best <laughs> handle those? That's great, Candice. Yeah, there's a ton of content out there for free on that. I know the YS blog has a lot of stuff. I know the Orange Students yeah. has a whole packet on some of the psychological stuff that's going on. So, you know, what if you can find a mental health professional who's willing or you have a volunteer who is, that'd be great. But, you know, for me, it's just like, hey, don't assume kids are going to feel the same way you do right. about getting back together. And just even that little bit of training, I think, matters as opposed to just all running into the same room and thinking it happens just to be sensitive to the fact that, you know, I know if my middle schooler walks out the door, I know exactly what his mom's going to tell him about, you know, um, shaking hands or high fiving or, you know, and, you know, for a small group leader to assume that's going to happen would be a mistake. So, you and it's probably better the with a simple it's always better for us as the ministry leader to be the bad guy than yep. for small group right. leaders to be the bad yep. guy. So if we're clear with communication to parents and to students and everybody that, yeah. hey, we're not going to high five or we're not going to do this. Here's what we're not going to do. Here's what yeah. we are going to do. Then you don't have to leave it up to the small group leader to be the one who makes those decisions and then maybe looks like the bad guy or girl. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, just be, and just because your church might decide to, hey, we're starting to have service on this day, um, doesn't mean that everyone's going to come back on that day. You know, pe I think people are going to slowly start feeling more and more comfortable over time. So and to re-enter, you know, different spaces. So the, the, the policies and things that are put in place now, leaders need to be reminded of in two weeks. Yes. And then in four weeks and then continuing out for a while, because sometimes we get in, you know, in a rhythm and we become comfortable and we start dropping our guard a little bit because we're like, oh, OK, I was came back last time and I was fine. And, you know, you start becoming yeah. more comfortable, but just it might be helpful for a while um, to keep those those expectations at a leader's forefront because people are going to slowly come back. And if someone comes back in a month or two, and then they see this sort of engagement, parents could say, no way, my child is not coming back because the, the things that you all said were gonna be in place are not in place. That's good. Mm -hmm.
But I know there are some families, um, a youth worker in New York said that he's got a family of six living in a two bedroom apartment. And those kids are just itching to go anywhere. So if your church was open, they'll be there, right? And we might have some students who are in some not so happy homes who will be rushing back to our church campuses. And we have parents who maybe don't really care or maybe not know where they are or, you know, just the gamut of families, right? And so I think as a youth worker, you need to be prepared to have your leaders prepared for all of those things. Yeah. All right, before we wrap up this conversation, any any kind of quick last minute thoughts or quick ideas that we didn't have a chance to talk about yet? I think if you're just looking for something to read and to train and equip yourself so that you can better equip your leaders, we have a really great book called When Relationships Matter. Um, in fact, Chef is an author of that book. And If you have seen the holes in your team where they did not elevate the relationship between them and the student, this book will create the why behind that. And I think it's a really great book for you to be reading right now. You, the youth worker, be reading right now so that when um, you do have an opportunity to train, it's at the forefront of your mind. That's great. Great idea. I think, you know... um... We have a guy that runs around orange. His name is Joel Manby. He's so wise. And in this search, in this situation, what everybody wants is certainty. And that's what mm-hmm. we can't, you know, and, and I've been using this line a ton. I was like, I know you want certainty and I can't provide certainty because of these times, but let me give you some clarity on how I'm thinking. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you just, we don't have answers yet. We're right now we're in the phase of thinking through all the possibilities and trying to prepare for all those. And that's what we should be doing. And as more clarity comes, we can become more certain. But I just, I love using that line. I know you would like some certainty. I can't give you certainty right now, but I can give you clarity on how I'm thinking about it. All right, to wrap things up, I want to do something a little bit different because this has been such a weird and unclear and challenging and difficult time um, for ministry reasons and for personal reasons and for all sorts of things. And so I would just love to give each of you an opportunity to encourage the, the the youth leaders and the student leaders and the pastors and the volunteers and everybody who, who's listening to this. So, so I would love for you just to take a minute and just encourage them uh, where they are in the midst of what we've been going through together. Well, I'll say this. Um, if you feel as if you do not know what to do, um, you're in good company because none of us do. <laughs> <laughs> We are all winging, winging it. You know, we might know ministry, but we don't know what it's like to go through ministry and to leave ministry in the middle of a pandemic, especially one like this. You know, um, we're all winging it the best that we can. Can And if there might you might have re- listened to this and thought, man, I dropped the ball when it came to, you know, engaging my small group leaders or I dropped the ball when it came to, you know, um, making sure that my students, you know, have whatever they they, they, may, they might need. Um it's okay because you can start over today, right? Um, and then offer yourself a little bit of grace because they were going through a pandemic, but you were too, you know, yeah. you were a part mm-hmm. of this too. And this has been a very real thing in your life, just as, it, just as it has been a very real thing in their life. So offer yourself some grace. And if there are some leaders who might not have been leading in the way that you wanted them to lead, you might want to offer them a little bit of grace too. Because mm-hmm. though we are all experiencing in the middle of a pandemic, we all experienced it and engaged it very, very differently. Um, we all are in much different places about it. So just offer yourself some grace, offer others some grace. 
And if you feel like, you know, you don't know what to do, um, just maybe talk with some more people. Keep listening to some podcasts, um, find a community. And I think, you know, Brett will talk about some other ways, too, for you to help navigating this time. I think I would just say that, um, you know, though it might not seem like it um, because of the responses you may be getting, you reaching out to kids, you sending a postcard, you just being on a Zoom call matters more than you think it does or matters more than it feels like. And it matters more than the thank you letters you're getting from students because they don't send those. So, you know, just know that you matter more than you think you do or more than it feels like and um, just mm. keep it up. It's good. Kind of want to piggyback a little bit on what Candace said that you, the youth worker, have been through a pandemic. And have you thought about yourself lately? I know you've had a big learning curve. You have been more than the youth worker. You've also been the, the slide spell checker, the tech person, um, mm -hmm. all the things. And so maybe just love on yourself a little extra in the coming days. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you all so much for, for that encouragement and for helping us kind of brainstorm what this looks like. Cause Candace, what you said is so right. Like we're all just kind of making this up. Like nobody <laughs> here has been like, Oh yeah. And my mat in my last ministry, I my went last through a pandemic. global pandemic. My last pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And here's what we did in my last ministry when everything shut down for 70 days. So uh, we're all just kind of, you know, making it up as we go. And I think it is important that we don't try to do this by ourselves uh, and assume that we're on an island with this. And I guess one last little question, just a rhetorical question for, uh, for, for you who are listening to think about of all the things we talked about, what might need to change in your week for some of these things to, to actually start happening? Um, we try to be intentional not to get too salesy on this podcast, but we do all work for a, a company that has some unbelievable strategy and resources like XP3 Middle School and XP3 High School that we want to do everything that we can do to free you up to do these kind of things. So uh, in the midst of trying to figure out what the content is or Zoom calls and social media and all of these different pieces, um, we would love to, to be able to partner with you to be a part of your team to help you do those kind of things. And we'd love to also continue these kind of conversations as we start thinking about the health and safety guidelines of what it looks like to start in phase one or phase two or coming back to this or coming back to that. And so stay tuned for more conversations uh, that we're gonna be having about that. You can hear more about that at orangestudents.com. Um, and we would love for you to kind of just continue in this journey with us as we kind of walk through this together and try to figure out what in the world the ministry looks like right now, what these next steps are, because we are not in it alone. Uh, we are in the midst of this together. So Candice, Charlie, Chef, thanks so much for hanging out with us, for sharing your hearts, for sharing your okay. thoughts. And thank you so much for watching, uh, listening. We are praying for you. We are cheering for you. And we want to do everything that we can to help. So let us know how that is. And we'll see you next time.